Well, we want to continue with our series today. Uh, we started a series last week on how to be led by the Holy Spirit. This, this series is of such importance because you, as a child of God, have the Spirit of God on the inside of you, the mighty Holy Spirit. He will be with you forever, right? He's within you. He is your guide. He's the one that strengthens you. He is the teacher, right? He is literally our personal trainer, but this is the thing. He leads us and guides us into all the truth of the word of God. He's the, he's the spirit of truth. He literally is the one who opens the word of God to us so that we can see it. So that Because see, we're created. We can't move in a direction that we don't see. So he will open the word of God up to us so that we can see it and know the word. And this is how we know God. But in this time in history, we need to be led by the Spirit of God. We need to understand how to be led by the mighty Holy Spirit in every arena of our life, in not just the major decisions, but the small decisions, in everything. Everything with God is fellowship, it's intimacy, He's with us. I love that song. You know, there's a, there's a great version on YouTube. A friend of mine just sent me yesterday. It's called the UK Blessing. Now, in the UK, none of them can get out of their apartments or their homes. So all these worship leaders from all these different churches all over the UK got on and did a video, and it's really cool. It'll bless you. But I love that blessing because... That blessing is from the Old Testament where the high priest who had the name of God and also the name of the uh, 12 tribes of Israel, the people of God, and he would stand there. It was called the blessing of the extended hands. And he would bless the people and the people, the, the blessing of the Lord would come upon the children of Israel. Well, I love singing that because what it does for us is see God is not going to bless you anymore. Because you're his child, the blessing is already upon you. But here's the thing, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all the truth of that. So we're going to talk about some principles about how to be led by the Spirit of God. We're going to talk about some methods, but dripping in that is going to be how to develop a sensitivity to be led by the Spirit of God. The word of God is very, very clear in that. Amen? So get ready, get your pens out, because, and if you didn't listen to last week's message, go ahead and get online. We'll do a little bit of review, but I don't know, this was going to be a one message thing, and it's kind of turned into a series. Uh, it's, it's we, we want to equip you to be led by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, who is God. He is the revealer, and he dwells on the inside of you. He knows every place that you are to go. He, he is the one that will lead you and guide you into everything. He'll tell you what to say. See, don't 
by the lie of the whole social distancing thing that it does not allow you to be light in this world. Guys, more than never before, the children of God need to be light in this world. So you need to be getting up every day saying, Lord, I am available. I thank you that I'm going to bear all of my fruit in my season. Right? And you go be Jesus to, who, to your world wherever you are. You know, it's so important. Because the fear level, the confusion level in the world right now is, is high. But guess what? It's probably the lowest that it's going to be. Because the enemy is going to continue with all of his nonsense. But we know the truth. That he's beneath us. That his power is broken over us. That we have authority in the earth in the name of Jesus. So now God is not only my protector, but he's my provider. He's my everything. Amen? So let's get in the word a little bit. And let's, uh, let's begin to look at this in a powerful way. Right now we're just laying a foundation. So we want to lay this foundation. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This is a scripture we went over last week. You know, and I want to encourage you as well that uh, on Wednesday night we are talking about how to discover God's plan and purpose for your life. So these really fit very well together. So I want to encourage you if, you, if your schedule allows or if you can open it up to join us at, here at 7 o'clock Wednesday night or online. But I want to tell you there's nothing like being here. So I want to encourage you in that. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, now this is Paul writing to the church at Corinth four years after he pioneered that church. And it says this, but as it is written, and now Paul is going to quote Isaiah 64, 4. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath, past tense, prepared for them that love him. This word heart, it's not entered into the heart. I brought this out last week. It literally is the Greek word that is talking about your mind. In other words, God is saying, the plan, those things that I've prepared for you, your eye hasn't seen it. Your natural eye can't see it. Your natural ear can't hear it. It's not even entered your mind, the incredible things that I've prepared for you, says the Lord. So in other words, you cannot ever see God's plan with natural human reasoning. Does that make sense? So, so this is important. Jeremiah 10.23 kind of says the same thing in the Old Testament. Jeremiah 10.23 says, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walks to direct his steps. See, God never created you to do anything by yourself, with yourself, or for yourself. 
You have been created to walk in unity with your creator, to walk with him and do everything with him. Isn't that good news? This is very special in the same way that the Trinity does everything together. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They do, they're three individuals who are one. God the Father always comes up with the plan. Jesus always carries out the plan. The Holy Spirit always reveals the plan. It's really interesting. Jesus said when he was on this earth, he said, I don't say what I want to say. I only say what I hear my father say. Isn't that amazing? I only do what I see him do. And then he said, listen, I'm going to send you another comforter. Another comforter. The word another is the Greek word allos. It means one who's exactly like me. And this is why when you read about the Holy Spirit, he doesn't speak of himself. He always, he always speaks and testifies of Jesus. Now this is the way God lives. I wonder if we are to have the God kind of life if that's the way he wants us to live. Oh, church, what I'm talking about, being led by the Holy Spirit, is it gives you an advantage in this life because you and I were to dominate in this earth. You are to be Jesus to your world. Amen? Fearless. You're never to know lack. Sickness and disease is not God's will for your life. If you're being attacked in those areas, you have the authority in the name of Jesus. You have God's word that says it, it's not his will. So take that authority and get all that out of your life. All of it must bow to who you are in Christ as a New Testament believer. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, it's talking about the same thing. How does God direct my steps? It says, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Right? You can't trust him if you don't know him. Lean not, don't rely on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. Consider him in all of your ways. It says then he is able to direct your steps. You see how it works together? God has a plan for your life. And you might be sitting here today or you might be online and you might be saying, listen, I've, I've lived for myself. I've messed this up. No, no, if you're still on the planet, you have not messed it up. You might have delayed some things, but God is a great redeemer of time. God could get you back and still cause you to fulfill your days, to bear all your fruit in your season. And Proverbs 11.31 says that whatever the enemy has stolen for you. That you who've been made righteous by Jesus, you will be repaid in the earth. That is a promise. So you gotta grab onto that promise and believe it and then walk that out and see everything, see your life be restored. So let's jump back. 1 Corinthians chapter two, we just read verse nine. How you can't see the plan of God for your life. Verse 10 says this, 
But God hath revealed them. Them what? The things which he has prepared for you who love him. Isn't that amazing? God hath revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Know this, you're going to know God on the inside. That's how you'll know God. You're not going to know God on the outside. God never wants you to be moved by the outside. We're moved by the inside. Acts 17, 28 says, For in him I live and I move and I have my very being. Verse 12 Let's jump down from verse 10 to verse 12. It says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but, in other words, but we have received the spirit which is of God. That is the mighty Holy Spirit. That we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. In other words, how you are going to know what God has blessed you with is the Holy Spirit's going to have to show you. So in other words, being led by the Holy Spirit is not optional. If you want to live in the Zoe life of God, it's not optional. And I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit is here. He loves you. He's in you. He's upon you. And he wants to guide you into all the truth. He wants to walk you through this minefield that we call the valley of the shadow of death. This is the earth. The world system, it's not a safe place, but it is when you're in him, right? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because he is with me, right? So now I can know all the things that God has freely given me. How do I know that? By the spirit of God that dwells in me. He reveals to me that he's my healer. He reveals to me that he's my provider. He reveals to me that I am going to the other side, that I'm not gonna, I'm gonna live, I'm not gonna die, and I'm gonna declare the works of the Lord. I know clearly by his spirit within me that it is not his will that I contract a virus. Does that make sense? It is not his will that I go backwards financially. Oh, our investments and all this that's going on, the Dow can decrease, but that's not going to affect me because I live in the kingdom of God. And I refuse because of what I see, because of what he's revealed to me, to take anything less than what he says he's given me. This is how we live. Jumping down to verse 14, it says... But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. There are people that think that, that God providing healing for all is foolishness. Why do they believe that? There are people that have studied the Bible for decades, went to seminary, went to Bible school, and still believe that it's God's will that, that lack is somehow God teaching you something. Foolishness. Well, how, how can they possibly read the word of God and ever see that? It's, it's literally because 
they're trying to figure all this out with the natural man. Your natural man can't figure it out. How did God make everything that we see with something that cannot be seen? His word. Right? I mean, if you think about it, it, it just it makes no sense to the natural mind. That's why the Bible, God is not dissing on an atheist when he says the fool has said in his heart there's no God. He's not dissing on that person. No, 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 that person, to even believe that is a fool they're, because they're, they're trying to understand something spiritual with their natural mind. That's foolish. That'd be like you and I trying to go, well, you know, I just don't believe in gravity. I'm going to walk off this building. That, that's foolish, right? Whether you believe it. See, right now, people, you know, we'll, when we do altar calls, we'll say, you know what? Come and make Jesus your Lord. You know, there's only one individual in the universe that has ever made Jesus Lord. He made him Lord of all, and that was God the Father. Jesus is Lord of all today. You might say, well, I'm never going to serve him. Doesn't matter. He's still Lord of all. Amen. Right? When you accept him, you go beyond that saying, not only are you Lord of all, but today, Jesus, I bow to your lordship. You are my Lord. And that's when you are made a new creature in him and all things are, old things are passed away and everything becomes new. But no, no, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. It's just not good for those that don't bow while they're living on the earth, right? This is the season where you have to make that choice. But everyone will bow. Hell will be em emptied. The earth will be take Anybody left on the earth that doesn't, doesn't receive Christ at the end of the millennial reign, they'll be all taken off the earth and will stand and be judged for all of the sin that Jesus paid for. It's going to be a sad day, a sad day for many of those. There will be no arguing. The Bible says every knee shall bow. And, and literally, if you study that out, it's not like God's making them bow. They just know. They know that God's not sending them to eternal damnation, that they chose it. That's why, church, don't let, don't let what's going on in the world today even be a speed bump in your life. You and I have been created to live at such a time as this. Oh, it might not be comfortable. Who cares? Our future is comfort. But here's the secret. In the midst of turmoil, in the midst of chaos, we're at peace, that secret place. So in reality, we are experiencing days of heaven on the earth. Anytime you want, you could be in the presence of God. To be honest with you, you always are in the presence of God, but anytime you want, you can actually be aware that you are. It's really good news. Hallelujah. John chapter 16, we said this last week, John chapter 16, verse 13. You could turn there if you'd like. This is a great scripture to underline in your Bible, talking about the Holy Spirit. This was the last interaction of Jesus 
with his disciples before going to the cross and redeeming us, right? Jesus said this, how be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, talking about the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. Now in the next chapter, in chapter 17, we find out that God's word is truth. Jesus said, O Father, sanctify them by thy truth or by thy word because your word is truth. Well, the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all the truth. Right now as your pastor, the gifts inside of me are literally for the purpose of equipping you to go do the work of the ministry so that the body of Christ will be built up and encouraged. But I'm not the teacher today. Oh, I stand in the office of a pastor and in the office of a teacher. And, and what's really cool about that is anything good about anything that I say, it's really cool. It comes from him. So it's, it's, again, I get to walk out God's plan for my life with him. Thank God for the anointing. Amen? But it says he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He'll make sure that you're never caught unaware that you're always ahead of the enemy. In Ephesians chapter 6, talking about our dealing with the enemy, it literally, the Greek words literally mean to survey the battlefield. It's like what the, what the Holy Spirit will do is he'll lift you up and he'll show you the whole battlefield and he'll say, see, the enemy's going to come right over here and he's going to do this. So start meditating in this scripture. So that when that happens, you're full and you say no. And you're in a position to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Resist the devil with the word of God and see him flee as in terror. That's to be your whole life. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Notice the Holy Spirit never speaks of himself. I think it might be really good. Just a suggestion, backed up by a lot of scripture that we probably shouldn't be speaking too much about ourselves, huh? Maybe not at all. I think, I think it would help our life tremendously. Verse 14, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. And then it says, All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he'll take of mine and show it unto you. In other words, the Holy Spirit is here to reveal everything that God said and God did. He's, he, he's the revealer. He'll show it to you so that you understand it. So we said this. It is in the presence of God. And it is only in the presence of God that he is able to reveal his will, his plan, and his purpose for your life. It's in the presence of God. It's, it's literally you walking in his presence, okay? That I'd like to tell you it's different, but it's not. So if, you, if there's a gigantic bullet point for you, it's in the presence of God that I'm gonna be able 
to be led by the Spirit of God and see his plan and his purpose. Proverbs now, Proverbs 20, 27. This is a scripture, you don't have to turn there, I'll just read it, but put it in your notes. Proverbs 20, 27 begins to show us how he does this, how he leads us. It says, the spirit of man is the candle or the lamp of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. In other words, God leads you by your spirit. God enlightens your spirit man to lead you. He doesn't lead you by your mind. He will never talk to your mind. He only talks to your spirit. Your spirit communicates that communication between your spirit and the Holy Spirit. Your spirit translates that into a thought and drops that thought in your mind. That's how come many times the leading of the Lord, you'll sit here and go, well, is that me? Well, it is you, right? But how do you know if it's the leading of the Lord or if it's just your own idea? Well, this is why you put everything through the filter of the word. It's the word of God that's the discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. The reason why it says the thoughts of your heart, because see, the thoughts that come into your mind from your spirit man which originated from the Holy Spirit, come out of your heart. The enemy's thoughts come from the outside into your mind. As you walk with the Lord, you can get so sensitive that you can feel. You literally, I, I can't talk about it, I can feel when it's the Holy Spirit. Because it's, in, it's inside. That thought he gets something over to my spirit man. And then my spirit man translates that into a thought. And that's the washing of the water of the word. It literally renews my mind. It renovates my thinking so that my life will be transformed. Isn't that good news? Aren't you glad you came this morning? That's worth coming. So now jump over to Romans chapter 8. I want you to set your eyes on this scripture. Romans chapter 8 in verse 14. Now again, we went heavy duty into all of these scriptures last week. I wanted to go through them briefly again because we have to precept upon precept. We're not going to get in a hurry. We're going to believe God for utterance. We thank God for the anointing. And boy, I'll tell you, he'll get this deep in your spirit. I'm telling you, when you're led by the Spirit, there's no, no such thing as fear. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, in verse 14, says this. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In other words, now this word sons of God literally means they are the mature coming to age, sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Look at what it says in verse 16 because it gives us a picture of what Proverbs 20, 27 was talking about. In verse 16 of Romans chapter 8, it says, the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit himself, notice in the King James it says itself. The Greek word literally means himself, 
The Holy Spirit is not an it. Okay? The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Not a servant. Yes, am I a servant of the Lord? I am as I serve you, as I serve the people of this earth. So whenever it talks about me doing ministry, I'm a servant. But whenever it talks about my relationship with him in the Bible, I'm a son. Right? I'm a child of God. Isn't that good news? You're God's child. Surely he'll never leave you and forsake you. Surely he'll keep you safe. Surely he'll strengthen you. Surely he'll show mercy. This is, see, God loves you. I love that. The Spirit himself bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. I love John 15, 7 because it wraps it all together right now. This is such a powerful scripture. It says, if you abide in me, if you live in me, well, the Bible defines that. It's very simple. In Romans, it says, if the Holy Spirit is dwelling on the inside of you, which means if you've accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit's in you. That means you are living in him. You are in Christ. Okay? And it says then, it goes on to say, it says, and my words live in you. Now this is where a lot of people falter because they don't choose to allow God's word to live in them. Now how God's word will live in you is very clear. You have to put it first place. You hear it. You, you bow your life to it. And you, you, you walk that out in your life. But it says here, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask. We've talked about this many times. This Greek word literally means to call for, require, or make a demand for whatever you will, and it shall be done. So in other words, it's in the presence of God, united with him in fellowship. Now you got to get this. These are very important. It's in the presence of God, united with him in fellowship, that now God is able to lead you and guide you by his spirit so that you can see his plan and purpose for your life. Right? Fellowship literally means to be united together. God is saying, I want you to unite yourself with me. This is why the enemy will always try to get you to unite yourself with the things of this world. Because it cuts you off from, getting, from, from knowing the leading of the Lord. You instantly go from seeing things in your spirit to trying to figure it out. See, God always is looking for me to unite myself with him. Here's the thing. If you don't unite yourself with him in fellowship, anytime you don't, it opens the door for fear to come into your life. So if you're fearful about anything, it's because you're not united with him in fellowship. Does that make sense? When you're united with him in fellowship, it's awesome because now, literally, 
Now you're united with him. There's no fear. Hallelujah. So let's, we've talked about this, being led by the Spirit of God. First of all, I live in his presence. I'm united with him in fellowship. And now we're going to say the word. Now remember, you love your pastor. And I think a lot of you, none of us love this word. Because our flesh says, ouch. But the third thing is, you must submit your life to the written word of God. We as Christians, see, see, this is life. It's life. Anything that's not this is not life. So if God says that you are to love your brothers and sisters in the same way that I love you unconditionally, and you choose to walk in unforgiveness, or really, there's not as much of that as this, just... I'm up to here with my life and I don't really think about or care about my brothers and sisters because I'm up to here with my life. You're not submitted to God's word. So that cuts you off from being sensitive to the things of God. If you don't honor God in your finances, if he says bring the the first dime out of every dollar, if he says sow offerings as your purpose in your heart, if you don't honor him there, you literally just made it so that now your sensitivity to his leading is not there. I'd like to tell you it's different. What area of your life are you not submitted to the written word? None of us can answer that for you. But there's one who loves you and who's for you and who is full of mercy and he knows who you are. That is within you, and he will lead you and guide you into all the truth of this. Because here's the thing, child of God, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ. If you're not honoring God in your finances, listen, this is what happens to the Christian. Or if you're walking in unforgiveness, or if you're just, if you're not doing something that you know you should be doing, if, you know, or if you're doing something that you know you shouldn't be doing. For you as a child of God, the Holy Spirit is not convicting you of that sin. It's your own spirit that your spirit's going, I don't want to do this. That, and that creates inner turmoil in the Christian's life. What I'm saying is, in this position with God, submitted to his word, you're very sensitive to his leading. See, relationship is not broken when you do not submit to the word of God. Fellowship is broken. And so now, in this place, I'm blind to spiritual things. And what happens is my life gets limited and fear is there. But oh, if I'll forget all the peripheral things. Like, if you're sitting here today going, okay, I just, you know, I just got to suck it up and start tithing, and I just got to just forgive sister so-and-so who hurt me. What? No, 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 no. No, just do this. Get in his presence. Go to him. Heart to heart. Father, man, I, I need your help. He'll be smiling going, no problem. You got the helper on the inside of you. 
right? I need you to show me. See, right now, I'm feeling where people are at. It's no way to live. God's not mad at you. If you're all watching online, God's not mad at you. He loves you, and he'll lead you right back into the right place. You don't ever have to worry about coming to church getting beat up by God. He doesn't beat anybody up. He doesn't even get down on you for the mess you've created. Man, have you created some messes in your life? I've created, I'm sure Satan has taken notes going, wow, I would have never even thought about doing that. But you know what? In the whole scheme of things, I've turned my life over to him. God, in the person of the Holy Spirit, what am I saying? He'll get all of the inner turmoil out of your life. And nothing he would ever tell you to do in his word will ever hurt you. It will always increase you. See, here's the thing about the written word of God. And we're going to teach you how to submit to the written word of God. If you can't submit to the written will of God for your life, it will be impossible for God to ever show you the revealed will for your life. Does that make sense? I've had people come to me and talk to me about ministry that they wanted, that they really felt God was leading them in, and they would step out and fail and step out and fail and step out and fail, and it never seemed to go anywhere. But in looking at their life, I'm sitting here going, you know, really, the only thing that the Holy Spirit can talk to you about is honoring your husband. Because you don't do that, he's unable to get you over to what you're to do. Or, I mean, whatever it is, or husbands, listen, it doesn't matter what God's plan is for your life, even though he wants you to know. He's like, listen, dude, you need to love your wife. You need to stop doing this. And I'll help you, and I'll strengthen you, and I'll, I'll, I'll be everything. But nothing happens, church, in being led by the Spirit of God until I choose to go from I'm his child in relationship to where I'm united with him in fellowship, in his presence, and I'm submitted to his word. Right? This line has so been blurred in the lifestyle of believers that we have no filter. We're all about ourselves and we're just living out of our flesh. It's not even who we are. There's no line. There's no, there's no line where our life measures up. You could tilt most people. Now I know that right now in this season, many are staying home from church just because of what we're facing. And, and you know what? That's between them and the Lord. Man, we should, we're Christians. We never judge anybody. My thing is, if you're afraid to go out, I'd probably recommend stay home, feed on the word until you're no longer afraid, right? It's okay. You can walk by faith wearing a mask and gloves. You can receive right here with a mask and a glove on, Right? So, so none of that, it's in the same way that you could receive healing while you're taking medicine. The, the two don't meet, it's two different things. 
but we have to we have to walk this thing out and the holy spirit will help us with that he will literally and see here's the thing if you're like me how many areas of my life were i not submitted to the word there were multiple areas there were areas i didn't even know about i to be honest with you let me be really honest I am sure there are areas that I'm not, that I haven't seen yet. But he knows. The moment he shows me, I know exactly what to do. I, my flesh goes, ouch. And, and I think these thoughts, about eight million of them, of how I don't want to live without that. But my spirit, it's like a flood comes out of it comes out of my spirit because i'm full of the word that no my life is not my own god is good he loves me this he's leading me into life i'll never be able to lay anything down where it won't increase me i'll never be able to pick anything up from him that doesn't increase me i know he's good see when that when a person is walking in fellowship in his presence submitted to his word it's a wonderful thing it's a wonderful thing because now i'm sensitive the holy spirit can start giving me some of the desires of my heart which are expressions of his will all of a sudden the word of god is lighting my path i start living not for myself this is so, so very important. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12. As we kind of begin to come down the hill to finish this up now, I want to I begin to talk to you about how to live in his presence, united with him in fellowship, and how to sum, live your life submitting to his word. It's found in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says this. It says, I beseech you. See, Paul, what he was doing, he was calling these Christians at Rome out to be separate from the world. He's, he's calling them out. He's like, guys, you got to separate yourself from this world system. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. This Greek word present literally means to yield your physical body, to present your physical body in a spirit of sacrifice, a living sacrifice. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. This is how far Paul has come. He's a Pharisee. He had the whole Old Testament memorized in Hebrew. He understood every one of the sacrifices that, and everything about them. All of those sacrifices in the Old Testament. And do you know how many living sacrifices there were in the Old Testament? Not one. All these sacrifices died. So for the first time, he's saying, no, you present your body as a New Testament believer, a living sacrifice. Now, we know it's living because it hurts, right? People are waiting for this euphoric feeling. They go to worship concerts and they sing certain songs and they feel, okay, I'm going to really serve God. 
The problem is, the minute they step out of that, their flesh is still going, ew. Right? You have, and, and see, we know it's living because that physical body of ours will try to crawl off the altar all the time. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. See, this was a paradox because there was no such thing in the Old Testament as a living sacrifice. Sacrifices were dead. A living sacrifice, what he's talking about is you're still going to be alive, but you are to be dead to sin. What is sin? It's violating God's law. His word is life. Everything that's not his word is, is sin. It's, the word actually means to miss the mark. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, holy. This, means, this Greek word means sanctified. It's the work of sanctification to be a living sacrifice. I keep my body on this altar all the time. If it crawls off, I throw it back up there. If I, if I become, you know, a 270-some pound baby and throw a fit, my spirit down on the inside of me goes, what are you doing? If my wife is around, she's like, so, pastor, what are you doing? She helps me. But then I throw that thing back on. Father, I, you know, I just lost it. And I just spoke these words. I curse them in Jesus' name. I, I just, I repent of that. I don't believe that, right? And I, I keep my body on that, on that altar. And it says, this is acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, the Greek word literally denotes logic. And this is something most people do not understand about this scripture. It means logic. It's many times it's translated spiritual worship, which that's not inaccurate. It just doesn't give the full picture. The Greek word means logic. In other words, Paul is saying to present your body a living sacrifice, to literally live like a dead, like you're dead to sin, is the logical progression of a child of God. It, it, that literally logical progression would be a perfect way to say it. Your spiritual worship is literally what you reckon to be true. So example of this, it is not logical for your natural mind to believe that you are healed when there is symptoms in your body that you can see. It just is not logical. But... If you begin to feed on God's word and you find out, wait a minute, Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain almost 2,000 years ago. He sent his word and healed me. By his stripes, I was healed. See, when I gain knowledge, now I can reckon, I can reckon it. I could, I could add it together, I could calculate it, and it makes perfect sense. It's the logical progression. Once I know what God's word says, to be able to stand right when there's sickness in my body and go, Father, I thank you that I'm healed. And now sickness, you got to get out of my body in Jesus' name. 
It's the logical progression when you are presenting your body as a living sacrifice. It's logical for you to know that you're dead to sin. But if you never do that, you won't ever know you're dead to sin. You'll walk in guilt, shame, and condemnation. You'll be trying the word of God. Listen, you'll think you're trying the word. Well, I tried that, it didn't work. Listen, nobody who's ever lived has ever tried the word of God. It's impossible. The word of God is God's word. You don't try it. It tries you. The question, see, the word, all of a sudden, I hear the word of God that I've got to love my brothers and sisters the way God loves me. And then one of my brothers and sisters sting me. I'm not trying the word. No, the word's trying me. Because the word never moves. It's forever settled in heaven. The question is, am I going to obey and yield to it and submit to it, or am I not? Do you see what I'm saying? And you know what? If I don't, do you know what? God doesn't get mad at me. He'll immediately start wooing me back. Because guess what? There will be inner turmoil in my spirit, man, because man, I just know what I did was not right. See, if I know the principles of how faith works, I can reckon myself to be healed. If I know the principles of redemption, what Jesus did for me, I know I can reckon myself to be dead to sin. It has no more power in my life. I don't have to bow to it anymore. It becomes a logical progression. We are to yield our bodies as being dead to sin and alive to God. In other words, we are to live like dead men. I love that. But if you know what God's word says about it, then it becomes logical to believe that you're dead to sin and alive to God. So what do I do? I make a one-time decision. I make a one-time decision that I'm going to live dead to sin and alive to God. I'm going to put my body as a living sacrifice. This one-time decision I live out every moment of every day for my whole time while I'm on the earth. But I don't have to do it in my own strength. I do it not by myself. The Holy Spirit helps me. He strengthens me. He'll put me in a right environment where I can do it. Hallelujah. Then we just continue to do it daily. To yield your body you yield your body by knowing who you are in Christ, right? And then reckon yourself dead to sin. This is your reasonable service. This is the, it's the living sacrifice. So I yield my body. Hear me, because guys, this is the number one thing that's keeping Christians from being led by the Spirit of God. I thought I'd get farther, but we can't get, go any farther than this. This is the number one reason. You yield your body by knowing who you are in Christ, and then you reckon yourself dead to sin, which is your reasonable service. This is how we live a sanctified life. It's how we live it. 
The Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. This is a lot of people in church. They're great people. They just are not willing. Right? Sometimes they're obedient, but they're not willing and obedient. The Holy Spirit will help you be willing and obedient. A one-time decision that you live out every day of your life. And this is, this is what Satan tries to do. Satan tries to ignite your flesh for the purpose of you not being a living sacrifice. That's what he does. He'll try to ignite your flesh. He'll use circumstances and people. He'll use anything he can because if he can get you living out of your flesh and violating the word of God, you're still in relationship with God. God loves you. He has a plan for your life. He's just unable to move in your life and you are living out of your flesh so your natural man can't even see it. You'll start thinking, I'm a lowly worm. I'm never gonna, I'm not happy and this and that. I'm telling you, child of God, if you'll just unite yourself in fellowship with him, in his presence, and submit to his word, you don't have to know how to do any of this. Just be willing and obedient and let the Holy Spirit walk you into this. Will you mess up? Yeah, who cares? God's mercy is so much greater than your disobedience. But when you mess up, you fall forward. You jump back up and you get back in the right place. You don't condemn yourself. And as you start to do this, this will change your life. Now, when we come back next week, we're going to learn how to do this, how to walk this out. And it's found in Romans 12 too. It's the renovation of your mind. Your mind is the control center. Amen?